Every day we hoistle in at Pilots and Pitard's Podcast. Welcome to the Pilots and Pitard's Podcast. This is Drew. I'm the pragmatic and bleeding heart cyclops of this podcast. I'm Jimbo, the anti-millennial, non-conforming, existentialist, pilot critic, and Kenny of the podcast. And I'm the motherfucking magical Miss Mo, master of pilots, novos, and spoilers. Uh, no Liz, the mother of Kat this week. She'll join us soon. And this is the podcast with nothing much ado about aircrafts, but potentially everything ado with the first episode of a filmic series. Uh, disclaimer, uh, petard is a word. It's a real word. Petards are bombs. Look it up. Read your Shakespeare and incorporate it in your daily vocabulary. You will impress someone that you know. In addition, Pilots and Petards is a proud member of the But Why Though podcast community. And we'd like to thank today's sponsor, Fitz, for the ad-free listening. Thank you, Fitz. And thank you for HBO Month. Thanks, Fitz. And also, thank you because HBO Month lasted for more than a month. So thank you for two months of our HBO subscription. Uh, here's a real quick fuck you for Crooked Media for your Crooked Piece of Shit ads. Also, fuck you for Bill Maher and all the other annoying get-off-my-lawn baby boomers who have ruined the planet and the economy before 2040. I am down for some kind of Soylent Green-style recycling system for Bill when the time comes. Um, where's my spoon? If you'd like to contact us to sponsor a show or slander a rival, we are more than willing to do so for money. And if you enjoyed today's ad-free listening, then you owe us. We could stack never-ending crooked ads and create sob stories as to why we need your money, but we don't. Repay your debt now by clicking in the show notes for the survey. If you've already taken the survey, thank you. Tell one other person about our show if you enjoyed today's episode. Join us as we cast judgment and determine if the turn of the millennium funeral home family drama Six Feet Under will be hoisted or not hoisted. That is the question. Hoisters, this is our mini-sode. We are going to give you a spoiler-free analysis and evaluation of the pilot, and we're going to start off with our background for this show. Um, I believe I watched the first season because um, this was right around the time that I think um, it was like a junior or senior in high school, and so I was watching a lot of HBO, and um, I think Sopranos was on, and maybe The Wire was on too, so this was like the quote-unquote golden age of HBO, although things got better as the years went on. Uh, so I think I watched the first season and then just stopped. I've heard of the show, never seen it, didn't really know much about it. When I saw the cast, I was pleasantly surprised by some of my favorites are in there, one in particular. But yeah, anyway, how about you, Jumbo? I've heard good things about Six Feet Under from multiple people and being a huge fan of Dexter, been in the back of my mind like that I need to go back and watch this, fin- finally did today. I, um, maybe just a little bit of background on the show. The creator of this is Alan Ball, and he was really popular from American Beauty, which came out a couple years before Six Feet Under. He also wrote um, and produced a show called Dead Like Me. Um, so another kind of dark comedy where people die and they become grim reapers and hilarity ensues. It's been a while since I since I watched American Beauty. And I didn't like it, but uh, it's, I guess there's a, a decent amount of parallels between between these two films. That movie has aged poorly. You y'all didn't like American Beauty? Yeah, I think it's one of those movies where, like, I think I mentioned it in another um, episode where, like, there was a phase in my life or, like, in my early 20s or something where, like, I thought I had to see all the Oscar movies because I was like, those are quote-unquote good movies. And in reality, some of them are kind of cliched reflections of the time, like American Beauty or Crash or Traffic kind of come off as heavy-handed in 2018 as opposed to like artistic mo watch it again i feel like i like that movie i've seen it a couple times all right well on that note i'm going to hit us with a two-sentence summary 
Nathan Fisher Sr. is dead. His family is a hot mess. Stay tuned to find out if you should give a steaming pile of crap. So, Hoistlers, this is part one, spoiler free. We're going to do some highs, some lows, an evaluation of the quality of the pilot. Should you watch this? You'll find out in a sec. So, um, you know, Mo, this was your choice. You want to start us with a high point, a low point, or something in between? I can't even decide what I feel about this pilot because the scenes that were bad were, like, pretty bad. I don't I don't know how you all felt about those corny commercials, but I didn't really love that. That was maybe the lowest point. Yeah, it was trying to be a satire, but it just I don't know, maybe because it was 90s and the like the outfits were wrong. I I can't came out in 2001. Turn of the millennium, Mo. Low budget, I guess. Um <laughs> but then I a few of the characters really I really liked too and then just the idea of a show that talks about death and the end and does it in a way that maybe the writing was funny and it was delivered in a way that was pretty decent. But I don't know. I was confused. But I do appreciate that they're, they are talking about something that nobody in the West likes to talk about. Are we supposed to accept that, the let's say, a character like Nate Jr. in the show, is that bad acting or is that how that character is supposed to act? Like, 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 how do we want to look at this? Do we, do we want to look at the show as like being directed how it should have been? Or are we just going to say like, this is the product. And if something was directed poorly, that's because the story or like. The protagonist, like the oldest son or the guy who got out, I feel like is painted as the hero when in fact he's awful. Um, all of these people are awful people. Like I kind of like the, the one sentence summary was almost like terrible white people being angsty, like kind of crappy problems. Like I, one of my like lowest things was like the writing, the melodrama, the performances, the entitlement. So, I mean, I think what you're trying to say Jimbo is, was Nate written as a terrible person? And I think the answer is no. I think he was supposed to be sympathetic and the hero when in fact I was just like, uh, like you're a giant douche. Is the melodrama intentional? Or are we just supposed to assume that these characters? No, I don't think it was. That's kind of what I was wondering too. But like, but the character is melodramatic. So, am I supposed to take his character as being melodramatic, or am I supposed to take him as just a bad actor? I think it was all supposed to be dramatic because, like, that was a low point for me. This was like this reminded me of a play oh, and yeah. like not a good play because it was like it was like dramatic family revelation followed by dramatic family revelation. Like, oh, look at me act! Look how hard I'm acting. Yeah, and since we're ta- talking about acting, I haven't seen Michael C. Hall in much, but I feel like Michael C. Hall is always Dexter. <laughs> he's just always the same person. Granted, David came first, but he's Dexter. Like his the emphasis of his words, his speech, his facial expressions, he's Dexter. Like I I don't think this guy's a good actor. And if you write him to be him, then it's gonna be good. As long as they've never seen Dexter. <laughs> What's the other one you mentioned that's not Dexter? David King, who's that? His character's name is David. I do not think the performances were meant to be melodramatic. I do not think the performances were meant to be ironic or a satire. Like, I think the satire was like the interactions with the father, but I think it was all played very seriously. And I'm kind of over suburban middle class ennui. I thought they were trying to be funny, the writing at least. I think there were funny situations, but I think the dramatic stuff, which just ended up being like kind of, in my opinion, kind of cringeworthy. I don't know. I feel like the director told them to act like that. 
I'm unsure. So I, I think the, the fact that you and Drew are discussing it is is a low point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like the fact that, the fact that we all can't agree if this is supposed it's to like, be funny or, or not. Here? Yeah. yeah, that's not a good thing. And then when like the sister is like <laughs> tweaking and like the older brother is like, it's not all about you. I was like. Yeah, that was mean and it's weird. It's obviously and... all about him. <laughs> Her story arc was my what really pulled and shined through for me, though. I loved everything about that. You would, though. <laughs> oh, petards laid. I'm sure. I'm sure Moe's found herself in in at least one tweaker pad. You know, oh. <laughs> <laughs> having to get serious and go do some like adult shit. Oh, Jesus, I'm just saying they full blown showed people freebasing like they just showed it and it was like damn this 16 year old is just in a room full of freebasers <laughs> that's next level drugs that was HBO right there it's like damn yeah dude I, I I was definitely a bit a bit surprised at that but having having been to a tweaker pad a couple times in my life like they <laughs> yeah. like they had the tweaker pad on point they did Although there is like a more mature version of a tweaker pad that I've seen that's really pretty nice. Oh, I haven't yeah, been to those people, ones yet. Rich people like their um, meth too. They still like their tweak. Yeah, that's true. Still- so, so you've so you've been to like functional <laughs> tweaker pads. Yeah, you're learning stuff about Mo on the podcast every time. All right, <laughs> I say tone. Maybe we can just classify tone as a low point because we're arguing about it a bunch, and I hated it. One of us was confused by it, and one of us, like, accepted it, kind of. So, I mean, it's, like, that's not passing with the high marks. I'll say this. My high point was, like, just about all the funeral home interactions were interesting. You know, like, I think that's, like, the strength of the show. Um, And then everything that was outside of a funeral home, I thought, ended up being very melodramatic. Yeah, I, I can piggyback on, on, on what Drew's saying. I think the perspectives and the themes related to death and funerals was the most interesting part of the pilot. And then there's also some nice parallel storytelling between the mother and her children. So I, or at least, at least the sons. And I thought that was cool. I mean, there's, there's definitely some literary ish things that the directors were trying to do. Or even the intro had like a lot of, you know, like there was a crow flying around and the passage of the, uh, the passage of the dead body kind of symbolizes the passage of the family, like with the father's death. And these, this isn't really spoilers because this is the first thing you see, but you know, so like there's like some symbolism in some literary devices being used. Just going off of what you just mentioned too, it is a really strong first like few minutes. I'm surprised Drew didn't mention the opening credits. The opening credits were interesting in, and I thought good. I thought they were visually interesting and I liked the song. It just wasn't high or low for me, but I kind of like a cold open. I was a little surprised that this one just started with um, a theme song. Well, the first time I watched it, I actually started at 25 minutes. I have no idea how this happened. Someone must've watched it and then stopped. And then I, cause we're sharing our pilots and petards account. Did you stop watching it like halfway through, Mo? No, I'm using my own account. Who the hell else watched this? Maybe Fitz did. Maybe he's a completist. Oh, may- maybe Fitz watched it. But anyways, so. Bless you, yeah. Fitz. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, he was smart enough to get out halfway through. But anyways, Hoisters. Yeah, exactly. Fitz was like, <laughs> none of this for me, Hoist. But I started at a point in the show and I didn't notice because it was like a perfect spot to start a show. And, uh, 
it, it was it was the first flashback scene. So that's where the sh- I thought the show started there, and I and, you know so like then I went back and I was gonna try and get some info for Petard trivia, and then I realized I missed like half the pilot. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Jimbo, I would say you didn't watch half the pilot. Yeah, I wouldn't true. say you it's, missed that it. That says a lot, too, that you saw, <laughs> you know, three quarters of it and still felt like you could walk away from it. I want to throw out one more high because this was close to my MVP. I thought I thought the mom's dramatic performance was, I think, that's what kept it from being satire for me. Like, she had, to me, such, like, really visceral, like, strong grief that I believed that that's what stopped it from, like, kind of veering into satire territory. Because I don't think she was being satirical with, like, her reaction. And so that made me think that the rest of the actors and, like, their performances were meant to be serious. What do you guys think about that? She was my favorite. You know, I think this is just another low point. The mom? I thought it was. I I thought a lot of things about her performance were funny. So She was the best. Yeah, I mean, she kind of, I think, had one of the best overall performances. But I think that, like... Her screaming and her breakdown. I would agree with her performance, but I think maybe not straight up satire, but I mean, I think she's doing the most, like she might be the funniest character on there. Yeah, I, I agree. She was one of my favorite parts. She made, she made me understand the tone the best. Do you think her tone was like the same as like the rest of the characters? No, the daughter a little bit. I think all of their tones were like kind of that melodramatic Maybe we could look it up really quick. I think this is supposed to be dramedy, like that weird category. Like those, those were big in the two thousands. All right, well, well, let's move on. So, uh, the mother is a strong performance. Sure, mm-hmm. we'll end on that. Now, the moment before the moment we've all been waiting for. Are any of us going to continue watching this show? <laughs> I doubt it. No, Mo, you took an hour of Game of Thrones from me. But yeah, I'm not going to watch this show anymore, and I'm kind of mad I watched it in the first place. I, I don't think I can continue. I'm not mad, but I'm not going to watch, and I don't care about these characters. So no. Why why has this show gotten so much like acclaim? It has to get good at some point, right? I mean, like that, like that has to be it. Jimbo looked up the rating of the pilot, and it got 8.8 on IMDb. The pilot, not the show. That's crazy. The pilot, people like this pilot. I'm not sure how many of them rated it back in the early 2000s, but that seems like a little bit too high of a ranking. I was expecting just something totally different than what actually happened. (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't really sure what to expect. I remembered it being better. This was back in like the HBO day. Like this is supposed to be like prestige drama, like the stories you can't tell on networks. And I was like, ugh. Wasn't The Wire also released around that time? Yeah. Let's let's move on. The moment we've all been waiting for. To hoist or not to hoist, that is a question for any new listeners. To hoist means this is a bad pilot. To not hoist means the pilot was at least good enough. And I think we all know where this is going. This is a hoist. So what I want to do is I want to take this pilot and put it in a hallway between two doors, which each have their own petard. Ooh, a double hoist? Yes, I want to tie some kind of string to the pilot so that when we pull... Both petards are go off at the same time. I hate this pilot. Hoist. Wow. I would be, I'm more on the fence than you guys, but. Well, I think you just got knocked off the fence by Drew. (laughs) She's no. (laughs) We can talk about in the spoiler section, but the series finale is supposed to be. It's supposed to be good. Fun and interesting. Yes. Mo hoist it. 
Okay, fine. I know, I know, it deserves a hoist, but, you know, I really do love that actress who plays the mother because she's an American Horror Story, and I just... All right, you heard it by unanimous decision. Six feet under, pilot, hoisted. Yeah. Rightfully so. Six. It's six feet under. <laughs> Get it? Yep, Get it? it's six feet under. <laughs> oh. We had to go there. All right, hoisters, now we're going to go into Mo's favorite part of the show. This is the Mo... Quest for the best or worst or put it anywhere, guys. The vote no on Q for B. Yes. So we have a running list. It is live. Click on the link in the show notes and you can see where this pilot is going to rank among our 62 or 63 pilots that we have reviewed. And this, I mean, this is going towards the bottom of that list. I think Drew wants to put it way at the bottom. I'm looking around rookie-ish, which is pretty close to the bottom. Mo, do you have any input? How how would you rank this with Alex Inc., Mo? Because I have it around the rookie and Alex Inc. I think it was better than Alex Inc. Alex yeah, Inc. was I, shorter and more forgettable. Yeah, I feel like it's it's right there around Alex Inc. Alex Inc. I did laugh in. I didn't laugh in this. It was Alex Inc. was shorter. The production quality was a little bit better. Well, the production quality was better, but the story, yeah, yeah. I want to say this. Alex Inc. was dumb and it knew it was dumb and it didn't take itself too seriously. This show took itself so fucking seriously. And that was annoying. I'm not sure that it did. Oh, dude, they delivered their lines. They had that terrible funeral scene where, like, come on, man. Like, that was, like, the douchiest, like, nonconformist, like, scene ever. I... I love that actor. That guy's a great actor. He, Peter Krause is great in a lot of things. It was epically disappointing for me to watch him just like, I think it was bad writing and bad directing. I could, I think it's better than Alex Inc. Then that, okay, we can put it there. Okay, we can put it above Alex Inc. It's, at least the content is better and like, the writing is not as bad. Okay, the themes are better. The themes are better. I'll give you that. Yeah. So we have a new 57. Let's move on. We're going to move into our petardo. These are recommendations based on today's viewing experience and conversation. So I'm I'm just going to say Dexter. If you go get the real Michael C. Hall playing a serial killer, not an awkward funeralist, whatever they call themselves, funeral home director, uh, mortician. Mortician is the Rico guy or, or Alberto, whatever his name is. Rico. Rico. Fred Rico. He's the mortician. Okay, so funeral director. I have a recommendation. It's this cool little independent comedy called Home for the Holidays. It came out in 2001 starring Holly Hunter and Robert Downey Jr. Um, I think like the formula of this show is about the personal misery of family and how it's unique but how it's the same. Home for the Holidays is a much better example of this particular type of drama as opposed to this show. So I would highly recommend it. Helen Hunt directed it. It's a very cool movie. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Um, so my partardar, I got to say, American Horror Story, season three, and it's called Coven. The whole season's called that? Yeah. Uh, I have a book also that's a really good book on on death and grieving called A Year of Magical Thinking by Joan Didion. It's really good, and I really like it, and it, it captures a lot of what it's like to experience a loss. I'm going to toss out one one more thing. We we had a a guest a while back 
Victor, and he also did a Digging Six Feet Under podcast, and he is a director of a funeral home himself. And so um, I did listen to his evaluation of the pilot. He he goes into it from the perspective of someone in the business, and uh, he kind of steps outside and talks about you know like the reality of of the show. They're they're kind of hit hit and miss from what I from what I listened to in the pilot. But uh, if anyone cares about Six Feet Under, I think his podcast would be a nice companion if you do decide to watch the show. And I enjoyed his his podcast episode way more than the actual pilot. <laughs> it's not a high bar, but good job, Victor. <laughs> was his was his episode an hour long? No, it was like 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and I listened to all my podcasts at two times, so it took me 15 minutes. Oh, wow. I can't, that's crazy. You listen to them that fast. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a skill, dude. You got you to gotta work your way up. I started with 1.4, 1, 1. and then you work your way up. I, I might be ready to bump up past you. I know people who do audiobooks that way. I do. Yes, I definitely do. I, I, I don't listen to an audiobook at one time speed. I listen like at two. Podcast gold. Okay. Um, this concludes the mini-sode for Six Feet Under. Join us in a few days for the extended discussion where we let the spoilers flow like wine, sweet, sweet wine. We will dive deeper into the stories and themes. Um, you can follow our blog. You can follow our Twitter, our Facebook group. If you Google petards and podcasts, we're the only ones out there. Um, check out Jake Drew, uh, who produced our intro and outro music. And again, you can find us at uh, butwhythopodcast.com, along with some articles that I've written. Uh, Every day we hoistling, pilots and petards out. Every day we hoistling on pilots and petards podcast.